Hello and welcome to Convo with the CHO. And I am the CHO, the Chief Happiness Officer. I am so excited, folks. This is the beginning of a brand new year. And, and you know, we all know what happened in 2020. Some were positive, some were negative. But one thing that is a for sure is 2020 is over, okay? So if 2020 was good for you, all right, let's build on that. And if 2020 was not good for you, guess what? Let's get a chance to fix it. Let's, let's do better in 2021. So that's what we are all about, folks. We're very excited. I am honored to have some very powerful people joining me today to really get down to the bottom of it. We know in 2020, when COVID happened, it was a complete game changer, okay? And uh, Chamber of Commerce definitely had their share of it, okay? But there were some who were very proactive and they stepped up to the plate because they understand their role is to support their membership, is to support the small business and, and, and the middle-sized businesses. And, and so different chamber did it slightly different. So you're going to get a chance to hear from some of those chambers, but especially executive directors that have done it well, okay? They are looking into the future. They are supporting their membership. They, they are getting very creative. And, and so that's what we are going to spend the next 40, 45 minutes kind of talking about. So Sarah Allen, I want to welcome you, you know, to, to the show. This is our chamber talk where we get to share ideas with chamber executives, you know, those who are really getting their hand into the deal, you know, making things happen for their membership, but also have enough information that other people around the country and around the world can benefit from. So I want to welcome you. And uh, James uh, Skimon, I want to welcome you. And Global Molero, I want to welcome you. And uh, we're going to go back now and just take turn and just one by one, just take a little bit about yourself, the chamber that you represent. And when we go around, then we get down to, the, to business. So let me start with Sarah, Sarah Allen. Yes, thank you for uh, inviting me, Edwin. Uh, my name is Sarah Allen, and I am the executive director of the Yorkville Chamber in uh, Illinois. Um, I, this is my third year doing that. And I've been a part of the chamber actually now for 11 years. I started in uh, um, a leadership role, actually facilitating a leads group and more involved. The people of the Yorkville Chamber are really great. They're very encouraging. We're like a family. Um, I've been a member now for four years. And then I took over as president, like I said, three years ago. Well, congratulations. All right, James. Please introduce yourself. Cheers. Hello. First of all, thank you for having me. It's a great pleasure to be here. I'm happy to be here. Um, I'm the uh, <laughs> immediate past president of the Greater Patrick Chamber of Commerce. Uh, I spent uh, the president there. I was the president there for two terms. I still sit on the board as the immediate past president. Uh, we have a very large chamber of commerce with over, over 500 members, uh, 60 miles from New York City. Um, yeah, it's been a great pleasure to be there and to uh, work in uh, the community that I live in. And uh, yeah, and so we do a lot of things, but we have about 30 committees that run under our the umbrella of the Chamber of Commerce. So there's a, a lot of moving parts. And uh, yeah, again, pleasure to be here. Thank you. Thank you very much for joining us. Loba? 
Yeah, my name is Glauber Moreno. I represent the Christian Chamber of Commerce. I'm the Vice President of Marketing. Uh, uh, just, you know, of course, I'm, I'm very excited and happy to be here. Thank you so much for having me. And, and yeah, like in my case, I probably like the, the least experience versus the, the rest of us. Um, I've been doing this for about, I would say like a year and a half. I joined in a moment that it, it was kind of crucial because like the, the, basically our chamber was still like trying to find the right direction. We were trying to understand more, not the faith-based uh, organization, but the organizations that were not precisely faith-based. Uh, they were very confused between if we were a ministry and things like that. But at the end, we, we were able to achieve a good correlation between uh, the two uh, type of institution. So I'm, I'm here. Fantastic. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I want to say thank you all for joining me. I think the audience are going to be in for a treat. We have very experienced and we have new folks, so we can combine that. So if you are listening to this and you are a chamber leader that's just new, well, you're going to get some idea from Global. If you are one that's very experienced, you're going to hear from James. And if you are one that kind of was ambassador and just walk your way through, you're going to hear from Sarah. So we got a mixture of all of this stuff. So let's dive right into it, okay? I know people are waiting, all right? So let's start with this very first thing. How has COVID impacted your chamber, okay? So I'm going to start with James. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's... Uh... How has it impacted the Chamber of Commerce? Well, first of all, responding to a lot of the business people that say, you know, have a lot of mixed emotions, you know, from, you know, thinking of conspiracy things and how the government is against their business to, you know, you know how are we going to you know, provide for the people that are, uh, that are in staff, our employees, or, you know, our family. Uh, so, you know, we've, we've been tiptoeing around a lot of emotions. So it hasn't been something that's been typical at all. So. Uh, you know, there's a lot of reaction. So we had to kind of stop the reaction. We needed to start responding to the needs of our community. And it wasn't just about the business community. In a community like mine, where we work together uh, very closely with the uh, local government and we work very closely, closely with the arts uh, community, uh, it's, 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 it's absolutely beneficial to us all, but it also, uh, it opens up a lot of uh, different ways to proceed. So uh, I don't know if I'm answering your question, but the impact was, uh, was heavy, it was hard, it was emotional. And then it became, okay, what are we gonna do? How are we gonna do it? And what's the best way that's going to promote business, that's gonna promote safety, and it's going to promote community. So we played around with a lot of different things, but at the uh, end of the day, there were some protests. There were some, uh, we, we were lucky that we had senators and congressmen uh, that were able to come down and hear our, our, our woes and our problems and uh, also what we aspire to do. And they've been very happy to help us out. So yeah, I think it was, uh, the impact, like I said, was was heavy and hard, but at the end of the day, we were able to uh, create something that worked well for all of us. And uh, the one thing that definitely keeps me inspired is about uh, you know human uh, creativity and innovation. And uh, I expect good things for 2021 and beyond. That that is awesome. And, and I think this is one of the very exciting thing when you're really looking at the impact of COVID is 
the very core of entrepreneurship, you know, the very core of small business is creativity. Okay. I don't think there's any small business person there who just, oh, I start a business to find it easy. You know, I start a business to just rock and roll. You know, I think they start a business because there's a challenge that they see and they want to fix it. You know, as an entrepreneur community, we like to fix something, okay? And I don't think COVID is really any different. Now, James, you did mention something that I don't know if a lot of people are kind of overlooking this, but, but I think it's something we have to talk some more about. And, and we know about COVID devastates the bottom line. We know that, you know, we know the economic impact, but people are not really talking too much about the emotional, you know? So I heard you mention that a few times because I think that's really, really the very crucial part. You know, you, you, can, you can get stimulus check to help you, but the emotional part is a very serious one. So we're gonna get into that kind of conversation in just a little bit. But for now, Godla, how did it affect your, your community? How did it? affect your chamber and your chamber members a lot with the las vegas area las vegas has grown tremendously so we have a, a big community here a, a big business community and many people had to face you know the, the the closing down of their of their shop for either a temporal time or for like permanent time so for us, it was definitely an opportunity to intervene because our backbone is actually the online. It, um, I, I have a, um, a master on web design and I've been just expanding myself when it comes to social media marketing and I don't stop learning. So with the help, of course, of, of many resources such as the Frank Kenny blog and, and his resources and the help of our board because of course a lot of this business you know their owners they are used to work face to face they they all they did it was a physical interaction and not precisely online interaction so we have to be very inventive in when it comes to how to pair them and how to make them work again but in this in this case more from the online aspect so we were very uh, proactive when it comes to the creation of uh, industry groups, uh, community groups, and small vendors groups. That was a community that suffered tremendously, uh, whether some of them were face-based or, or not. Um, it was, it was kind of sad what was going on with them because most of the places that were given the opening for these new businesses to present their products and to, and to sell, were unable to to stay open and allow that because of the safety of everyone uh, so it gave us that opportunity to to the implementation of new groups and things like that um, but it was it was like just like james said the emotional impact it was it was very hard because people were not understanding what was going on and our first turn i remember it was to advise to review the canvas and business model that they had uh, wow. Many of them were not even thinking about this thing. They were like, they were not understanding what was going on. And when we came up with that idea and we gave a couple of, um, uh, a couple of seminars on how to review this information, a lot of them, they saw new opportunities. Uh, one of them was a print shop design one printing. Uh, they were like kind of like lost because they were used to do a lot of big convention, large printing. And we suddenly saw each other like creating that small six uh, feet distance 
right. <laughs> with their logo in it. So it helps their branding and it helps them, you know, keep that traffic, let people know that they're available online. And, and of course, some other stores, they, they didn't even have the platform to go online. So it allowed us to help them as well. That is fantastic. All right. So I know there was a lot of pivoting, you know, in, in, the, in the process. I think that became a very popular word very quickly. You know, you have to pivot, you know, if you don't pivot, you are stuck, you know. And, and, and one thing, though, that, that I, I do emphasize, and, 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 I, and I learned this a long time, is that a confused mind would always say no. And in the very beginning, there was a lot of confusion, okay? So a lot of folks were just kind of frozen. And so they had to kind of uh, get unfrozen, you know? So Sarah, how did it affect your neck of the wood? Well, you know, the impact on the chamber itself was huge. Um, we have almost 400 members, but we operate on a shoestring budget. So we had to support our members while losing budget. So um we ourselves were looking at going downhill so i had to as as president take a look at how we were going to survive within covid for the first few months and like everybody else our whole revenue driver was events that we could no longer do safely so the first few months of covid were very very difficult on us we had to as you're saying pivot which was my least favorite word of 2020 because it was so overused unless it was in the context of friends um, we had to redesign our whole um, way of doing things i mean we were my employees were working from home supporting members researching grants that were available to keep our members open but we had to figure out how we were going to keep our doors open. So that was a very interesting time. Um, when I was asked to be president, I was told that I would only have to go to events and look pretty. And I told everybody, you guys were all lying to me. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> um, but you know, it, it, I <laughs> luckily my real day job is as a banker. So I was able to safely shuffle us through that, that time um and and raise the funds to keep the chamber open um so uh yeah it was it was an interesting time but i i gotta give it to my executive director she did a fabulous job working to to keep all of our members apprised of every available downstate grant everything that they were eligible for personally contacting my members to let them know um, I mean, it takes an emotional toll when the business that you work to create is facing having its doors shut because they can't open. Um, and, you know, once we, because I, the problem is that every state operates differently and Illinois was under a, a shutdown for quite a while. And then once the doors are open again, then you have to operate somewhere in between where, you know, you don't, you risk, if you make a stand on how you feel about people operating their business, then you risk angering some members. So we just, you know, try to run things as safely as possible without making any comments on other people, how other people are running their business. So, um, yeah, COVID drastically changed the way we do business, but we just try and run things as safely as possible and help our membership, you know, uh, know of available grants and 
um, do what we can to raise funds either through online events or, you know, when it was the summertime, we did things outside. Um, and those who felt safe together did. So it's it's been an interesting time. But again, I've been really inspired to see the good deeds that people have done for each other. Um, there's many stories among our members of people who know that they're struggling, so they reach out and do do things for each other. And that's been really something that I've taken away to see the good in humanity. That is awesome. Very, very cool. So we have three different states here right now. I think, uh, Sarah, you mentioned about different states have different rules, so that kind of complicates stuff. Uh, this, uh, the, the, you know, this talk goes all over the world, so, so not only just state, but national, even international. Uh, so, so in, you know, I want us to kind of just share very quickly, what is your biggest takeaway? And, and I want to start with that because I want us to go and then see how we can build on that, okay? You know, like, like for example, Sarah, you shared it with us. Uh, it almost reminded me of uh, a gentleman that I was working with some time ago. He ran a homeless shelter, okay? And so he was always used to helping people find shelter and stuff like that. And then the economy hit in the recession, and now he was struggling, you know, to stay open, you know. So, 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 and, and not only just stay open his business, but he's also afraid of losing his home, and then he become homeless, you know. And so there's a double thing going on where you are a chamber trying to have small business and middle-sized business, but in the back of your head, you are now trying to figure out how do I help myself, you know. And, <laughs> and, uh, and, and so that must be a very, very tough uh, situation. You know, uh, uh, James, did you guys have to go through that situation? Was there any time your chamber was kind of shaking enough to be, you know, thinking, oh, are we going to be around or is this going to be tough? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, once uh, when Sarah was speaking, you know, I really didn't mention the chamber itself. You know, we're very fortunate to have a brick and mortar uh, office. I have a paid executive director. I have a paid staff there. So the first thing is, what are we going to do with the chamber itself? You know, it's like, how are we going to support this? You know, one of the first things that go, unfortunately, money is tight is the services sometimes of the Chamber of Commerce, which is, uh, you know, just kind of, uh, you know, that was kind of a shock to see people drop that because, you know, that's kind of a, not always an essential, but, you know, kind of a luxury. But I think it's a very important part of the situation. But, you know, that's what we did see uh, from the smaller uh, uh, contributors. Um, but yes, the one thing I did see that we needed to move on was adaptability was absolutely necessary. And what I saw from the business owners initially was, was a little bit of outrage. Uh, you know, what's happening to us? What are they doing to us? You know, and I, you know, and I, that's, that's, you know, and then it went from, okay, this is happening to all of us. Uh, how are we going to work within the confines of these new restrictions of this new law? How are we going to do that gracefully? How are we going to do that and keep us all above water? So uh, um, it's it's been really a, an interesting uh, a time to be involved with business, but it's also been an interesting time to watch uh, business kind of relate to the emotions uh, of the of the you know of what's around us. Fantastic. And, and, and Glover, was there any, any time yeah. during your yeah. this whole period? Your chamber was kind of shaking to the totally, core? Totally, totally. 
and I'm glad that Sarah mentioned that because uh, a lot of the time we, we, we keep with that mentality of how can we help and what are we doing to help other people. And yeah, our chamber saw a very dark time, especially at the beginning of COVID. Um, we were, it was, it was a very strange situation. I remember we were doing a lot of physical events and during the last events already people were like very self-aware. We were looking at each other like, is everybody okay? Is no one sick here? And, <laughs> and at the end, that, that, like, just like James said, the, the emotional impact was pretty, was pretty big. Our chamber suddenly saw uh, that we were unable to host any more physical events. And even if we were able at some point to do them, the capacity was just not enough to, to you know, bring revenue to the chamber. So, yeah, the, the change was, was drastic. We had a very, like, a, a good nine months that, that we were kind of, like, in, in the dark. And good thing is, like, our board uh, stepped up, our members did a step up, and, and we started, like, having meetings, started using Zoom. So that brought a lot of confidence to not just the chamber itself, but some of these uh, members, uh, which actually helped with some of the resistance we were getting from other people, just thinking, oh, now everything is online, how an expo can be online, how this can be online. So uh, it was quite a challenge. Um, thanks, you know, to some of the grants and the loans, we maintain some of our, we, you know, we continue maintaining our, our platforms and, and continue running the business. That's awesome. And, and the reason that I wanted the, every one of you to kind of touch on how your chamber kind of dealt with that and struggle with that is that I know you get a lot of pressure from members, you know? And so if there are other chambers that are out there listening to this, you are not alone, okay? You know, I think that's one of the very first things, you know, that COVID did is when people start to try to think, okay, is it just my chamber that's not able to handle this correctly? Is it the leadership that's kind of not doing this, they're messing it up? You are not alone, okay? I think there are a lot of chambers all across the United States. I'm even going to say across the world that was shaking, you know, especially when chambers that were really, really successful chamber, and I'm not talking about those that the big companies are supporting, but I'm talking about those that they, are, they pride themselves on the number of events they do, you know, because the events were like the major revenue source, and all of a sudden the event froze, you know. And, and, and so I, I know some of the presidents that I'm very close to and how the members, uh, they're looking for people to take it out, they take it out on the chamber, you know. And, 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 and so, so members and chambers, we're in this together and we figure this together and we support each other together. So as your business was struggling, the chamber business was struggling too. And so figure out a way to kind of get this thing, you know, together. So I want to kind of touch on the events because events is a big part of the chamber. And once those physical events stop, you know, how quickly did you guys realize that, okay, wait a second, we got to figure out how to continue the event. We got to figure out how to get these people together. Otherwise, we might not be able to support the small business, you know? So I'm going to start with Sarah on that question. And w when did you guys realize you got to do something and what kind of stuff did you do, you know, to support those events? Um, we realized almost immediately 
we actually hosted our annual dinner in February and then everything stopped here in March. And that it was kind of ironic for me to think about everything like, wow, just a month ago, we I was in a room with 350 people <laughs> talking about what a great year we had last year. And here I am in my house doing nothing now. Um, but we usually host like a trivia night fundraiser. And that's, that's and very drastic. <laughs> yes, yes, yeah. Um, uh, we usually host a trivia night fundraiser in the spring, and we we pivoted that online pretty quick. We were able to go via like Zoom and an email and find somebody that did that all for us online. So that that was actually a lot of that was a lot of fun. It was kind of nice to still be able to have that interaction with people uh, online. It was, I think, via Facebook. Um, so that was, it, it wasn't a huge revenue generator, but anything was something at that point. And then when the summer came and opened up, we were able to have a couple of physical events. Very, But again, like, like Glauber was talking about, it was not nearly the capacity that we could have everything at. Um, it was something, you know, um, but we realized really really quickly that we would not be able to host physical events and at this point and it being winter we're holding off on anything we're supposed to host our annual dinner again we've we've delayed that um we're just not doing anything at this point i will say that the one thing that um is a testament to the chamber is that we're still getting new members in um, and a lot of them are existing wow. members that have opened new businesses so that to me tells me that they have confidence in the chamber so our main source has gone from events to membership, which to me says a lot. That is fantastic. Good to hear that. And, and James? Um, yeah, the, the events for us was, uh, was also had a, a, a drastic input impact on what we do because um, it's really the, uh, it's kind of the soul of our chamber. We put on huge events and uh, one of our major events attracts up to 100,000 people a year. Um, and not to have that event, I mean, it's a major contributor uh, to our what, what, uh, revenue. What, what kind of event is that, if you don't mind sharing? Well, we do something, and it does happen nationally, but it happens, it's called a Live Air for Five. It's a, it's a street festival. We have national acts that come down. Um, and, and being where we are, uh, 60 miles from uh, Manhattan, uh, you know, we do have a lot of major national acts that can show up and, you know, and the chamber provides for this, but the money needs to come in to pay for that type of entertainment. Uh, and, you know, and the, the people need to show up to support the businesses. So without this major events, now, even the economic re revival of our community in the last 15 years is directly related to our events. We, 20 years ago, our streets were empty. Uh, we didn't have people there. We were, there was no downtown basically we had a lot of empty stores so our president at the time decided to put together this event and uh, you know it really uh, a renaissance occurred over the last two decades and this one event was directly related uh, to uh, you know to this uh, the, to this new business uh, and activity now we have uh, we have 30 32 restaurants uh, in uh, you know in less than a mile of a main street uh, and uh, we, we have so many things going on, but that also hurt us in another way because, you know, we really invested our money in, 
uh, venues and theaters and restaurants. And of course, those are the things that all got a direct hit. Hence that, you know, I did have, instead of a, an uptick in, in chamber memberships, I actually had a downtick because there were places that actually, there are places that are shut down. There are places that won't reopen. And we've been trying to, uh, you know, and without the event part of that, of the chamber, uh, we don't have that type of revenue. Um, so yeah, we had to change quickly. You know, we so we did do some Zoom things, and of course, there's not the same type of financial return as having, you know, uh, you know, twenty five thousand people on your main street. Uh, you know, and right. you know, of course, it doesn't doesn't add to the entertainment value to watch something on video. We can do that anytime. You know, I'm watching music yeah. videos while I'm waiting in the doctor's office. Uh, you know, it's not. Uh, um, so we still have a lot to work on, and I mean. The, the best thing for us is for things to fully open so we can get back together so we can interact and our, our community thrives on that type of interaction it thrives on people being together we thrive on that type of interaction as far as you know there's there's a consumer and business relationship that we like to uh, nurture at all times um wow. yes we got yeah, no, I, we I, have I, a I totally get that i think also too the spontaneity, you know, why, where people just spend money because the money is in their pocket, you know, when they are out, out, out and about, you know, that doesn't quite happen over the Zoom, you know, so. Uh, also, you know, we also have a lot of vendors that come in from town. We support a lot more than our main street. So when you have 110 vendors on the street and we take away those four dates, uh, you know, that may be their business for that season or their major bulk of that business. So it affects a lot of people. And I don't know how to actually overcome that. We're just trying a lot of things. We've done a lot of Zoom things. We've had a lot of festivals, uh, you know, that happen in the theater and, you know, through podcasts and all sorts of uh, uh, events. But it doesn't replace, it certainly doesn't replace having the people out in the street. And we'll work on that some more. I got some great innovative people that are around us and uh, I'm sure that we will get better. And I'm, and, I'm, and I'm not looking for things to turn back to normal, but I'd like to see people get together again. James, have you tried the- James, have you tried a drive-in festival or do you have the ability, the space to do something like that? Sure. Yes. Thank you. And yes, uh, we have been fortunate enough. We've done a couple of drive-ins. Our chamber has done them as well. Uh, we're also happy to be home of uh, the Blue Point Brewing Company, which is a, a national brand under Anheuser-Busch. They have huge space there. Uh, they've done drive-in uh, community events. And, uh, you know, but sometimes those types of events only support the businesses that, uh, that have them. But there's things going on. But as far as them directly, um, you know, um, benefiting the Chamber of Commerce and Business, uh, that seems to be a little difficult. And we have a local government that really toes the line and still uh, more than 10 people anywhere uh, is still, you know, is, is looked down upon and they really do toe the line with the government. And the governor in our state has really been uh, on top of us. The SLA has been there uh, constantly in the bars. We kind of snubbed, the restaurant community snubbed them initially and now unfortunately, uh, we, uh, we, we get the uh, repercussions or the consequences of those actions. But uh, that doesn't mean that we're, we needed to get back together and say, hey, this is what's going on. This is what we need to do. This is the confines that we have to work in and let's make it happen. So at the end, uh, like uh, after all of this, we have good things going on. Like again, I just would love to see people out on the streets again 
And, uh, and if there is any help uh, you know, or any suggestions on how we can bring some more money into the uh, Chamber of Commerce, I'm all ears and I'm happy to listen. All right, well, we're gonna to get to that portion in just a little bit. And uh, for now, Global? Well, in, in our case, it was the Alliance. Um, when we saw ourselves that we were unable to host new events, uh, we were fairly new into uh, the use of Zoom and other streaming platforms. Uh, our first initiative was to join others. So we, we did um, an alliance with the SBA with the Armed Forces Chamber of Commerce, uh, created the Iron Strength Tyrant is a faith-based seminar. And we participated a lot from, I would say from the um, education perspective, since it was a moment where a lot of people were needing information and needed uh, the guidance. It was a great opportunity for us to join other groups and join these organizations into what they were already hosting and, and just keep on that movement, providing information and also retrieving information. Later on um, is when we actually felt more confident to start uh, with um, online events ourselves. Uh, so far, I think that we all got the reality of it. It's, it's never gonna match the physical events. Uh, however, in our case, I would say that the blessing was that there was a lot of like uh, self-consciousness, I would say from other businesses so everyone, um, we, we made a big sacrifice. We, we actually, um, we, we extended all of the membership for one more year since we saw that 2020 was not what we expected for them. That was one thing that we did. So actually it was less revenue for us. And the second thing that happened, it was just that we started just creating more affordable and more accessible um, opportunities for a small business and medium-sized business to sponsor this event. That way we kind of like can cover the front end of, of the revenue and then just yes. kind of like let it flow. So the, the small businesses and the small vendors didn't, didn't precisely have to see themselves paying, a, you know, a, a large amount of dollars or anything like that. Well, we also like we didn't did the drive in, but we came out with an initiative and worked very well. And it's that uh, within our chamber we have um, a food truck. We were trying to go for DoorDash or like a big organization to sponsor this, and and basically the plan was to um, deliver like breakfast, so we can hold our, our you know monthly breakfast. And and by the time that the meeting was on, everybody could enjoy their coffee and everything. So we did that with the food truck, <laughs> and it worked very well. They were able to deliver the day before uh, all of the food. So by the time that everybody was on Zoom, uh, either some people already ate it, or some were enjoying it. But it was a good <laughs> mix and match, and and that's that's. Depends on how hungry they yeah, were, right? Yes, I guess. I guess. Uh, not everybody waited, but but it worked, and and we saw we saw that they, you know, they saw the effort. They saw the effort, and and I think that that's what helped not just the board but the members themselves uh, to see to feel more motivated. Uh, unfortunately, right now we are doing some restructure because of the change. These changes, especially changes on prices of the memberships and things like that, again, in order like to make it more affordable, make it more accessible to new members, uh, for more people to not fear chambers of commerce. 
there there always have been that you know that uh, cliche i would say that people think that oh yeah i belong to them but all they do is just meeting no we want to really create a, a very valuable relationship for our businesses uh, make sure that these new owners and these new brands can have their branding in places uh, if we if we host a zoom event or if we record a podcast or a video cast we want to make sure that they are on the lower third and we want for them to see the value on that that is fantastic so what what uh, you know they say uh, necessity is the mother of invention right so there's going to be a lot of stuff that's going to be invented during this period and we're already seeing that happen uh, as a matter of fact, you know, I'm CEO of a company called Happy Neighborhood Project, and, and, and we host the International Day of Happiness and the Global Happiness Summit. So this is the, the International Day of Happiness happened around March, and the Global Happiness Summit happened in October. So, you know, kind of like similar to what Sarah was saying, we were planning to host the International Day of Happiness on March 20th, when everything started to shut down, you know? So you just knew. At first they said, oh, you can hold a gathering of 250 or more. And we said, okay, we'll bring it down to 250. And then they said, it's gonna be 150 now. And we said, well, we're not too sure if we can bring it down to 150. And then they said, it's now 10 or less. And we know, okay, that, that's gone. And, and that's actually what encouraged us to go online. So we started planning online back in February because of this event we were planning. And so we host the first event, March 20th, and now that's grown. So you talk about pivoting. We now host about 55 events every week in, you know, all over the country, including international. We have you know, Indian, Germany, UK, and Ireland, and stuff like that. So for us, I think the COVID has kind of forced us to do something we were not planning to do, and force us to do it quicker than we were planning to do it. And in a sense, we had 100 people register for that first event we did in March. And last month of December, we had over 15,000 registration. You know? so, so it has kind of really grown just to support the business community everywhere it is. Because we know that somehow we have to collaborate. You know, somehow we have to expand our thinking. In short, in February, I came up with a saying, you know, that it, you, know, you hear people always say, think outside the box, think outside the box. So I told my team, hey, this is not the time to think outside the box. It's not gonna cut it, you know? We gotta throw away the box. We gotta just think freely, you know? We gotta come up with some crazy stuff because these are crazy time, you know? And I think that kind of helped us in driving things. So I encourage people, if you are kind of tentative, this is not the time to blame yourself because you are not the only one, you know? And this is not even the time to play safe because you don't even know what you play. This is the time to just think. Use that 100 billion cells or 100, yeah, 100 million cells we have in our brain and just get creative. Now, this next phase, guys, I want to kind of go into two and I want to set this up in a way so that we can kind of pick it back so the first thing I want us to go take around and talk about is the lesson learned, okay? I, I, want, I want to talk about lesson that we have learned in this process, and then we're going to come back and give very specific advice, okay? Because I want people listening to this to be able to live again with one or two ideas they can implement. You know, whether you are a chamber CEO, whether you are a small business owner, I want 
to be able to, for them to get that idea of what they can implement this year, 2021, to make their business. So it's kind of a two-part. So the first round we are going to go through is lesson that we've learned, and then we're going to come back and give some very specific advice. I want to share it like that so I kind of give you time to be thinking and wrap your head around it. So we're going to start with lesson learned. So I'll start with you, Global. Lesson learned. Okay. I think that for at least uh, from my perspective, it was just that nothing is, is for sure. Nothing is uh, secure. Like we might be now figuring all of this out and probably hope and hopefully next year we may have to pivot back to hope, you know, doing like physical events and, and changing everything again. Um, we also, we, we, we noticed that, that changes never, never ends. It's something that we always have to be ready. The, be prepared to, you know, in, in our mind to make a change whenever it's possible and, and become very creative. That's for sure. Fantastic. And, uh, Sarah, lesson learned. Mine is very similar. Um, uh, I've learned to be very, very adaptable. I used to be um, what I thought was adaptable, but I was always like such a planner um, to the point that I, I was not flexible. Um, but I can change on a dime now uh, just because everything is so fluid. <laughs> um, and that goes both with the chamber and in my business with my employees. I mean, I, you know, you get a call that somebody needs to quarantine and you're like, okay, let's just redo this whole schedule, you know? Um, so I, I've, I've become just very adaptable and you have to be in today's environment. Absolutely. And I, I just want to quickly say that. For me, I spent the last 10 years studying happiness, and I truly believe one of the things that hold people back from truly being happy is they are not spontaneous because they try to plan it out. And you know, you see people sometimes they plan vacation, they turn it to a job, you know, because they have to do this as also time, that as also time, that as also time. And it takes away the vacation, you know, from the whole process. You know? So 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 that is a good point that we gotta be spontaneous and be ready to go. James. What's the lesson learned? Uh, we have to really learn how to land on our feet and that we're not in control of anything. Uh, it's really, this has been an incredible uh, reboot and a rethinking and a restructuring of, you know, not just the Chamber of Commerce and business, uh, but even in my own personal space. Uh, you know, and, you know, when you're dealing with businessmen, you're dealing with a lot of egos. And uh, I, I think this really put things into check. Okay, let's let's think about the humanity part of the situation. Let's. Uh, this is what we have. How are we going to survive, and how are we going to do this together? Uh, so the big thing with, with with me, the thing was, is that we we need to be adaptable. We need to relearn. You know, even a school structure today in the state schools and things, children children that are going to be successful in life are going to need to learn and relearn time and time again. So this has been a huge lesson especially with technology moving as quickly as it does. I mean, you know, one day I'm doing one system and by the time I kind of, you know, ace that and I got it going, I have something else to learn. And uh, so having that type of mind space is absolutely necessary. It's incredibly frustrating too, but you know, this is what we have. When technology is moving quicker uh, than humanity is learning, 
we're just going to have to we're going to have to accept that as uh, what goes on in, in life these days. So, but the one thing that it, it will create is it will create quick, quick thinkers. It will uh, motivate people to learn and relearn. And um, I think that needs to be a constant lesson, uh, not just from this time, but we need to remind ourselves that every day. Absolutely. I, I know people, like I mentioned about the number of events we do on Zoom. I know people before February or before January, no way they would have gone on Zoom on anything. Okay. They would have fought it. Okay. You know, and, and, and it seemed like the whole thing just tossed them into it. It's like ready or not. Boom. Here we go. You know, and, and now they are thankful that they have that experience because they now figured they can do something they were so scared of, something they thought they would never be able to do. So I think, you know, yes, we are going to develop a, a breed of very quick thinker. And folks who like to do the same thing over and over and pride themselves, I don't think that's going to happen too often, okay? All right, that let's kind of wind this down with advice. I, I would never do Zoom before. <laughs> that was <laughs> Okay, exactly. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. And now I'm sure you can't even do without doing Zoom. Oh, now, yeah, know? I do it all the time. I it's just that I prefer to meet people in person. You know, there's something different about being able to interact with somebody in person. But you know, I mean, yes. necessity is the mother of invention, right? So you just got to roll with the times. Uh, roll with the times. So yeah, as we kind of come down now, I'm very thankful for all of you the wealth of experience that you brought into this conversation and how you have adapted. And so I already know people listening to this, whether they are running the chamber, whether they are running their small business, they already have one or two things they can make a note of and say, okay, I was one of those that was trying to just still plant things out, even though I didn't know what I was planning. Okay. You know, now I know why. <laughs> so I got to make some changes. So let's talk about advice. And James, I'm going to start with you. What kind of advice, whether you are giving it to a small business owner or you're giving it to other chambers, you know, what kind of advice would you give? Now, I can only relate to my personal experience, but you know, I'm, I'm all for trying something new. Let's, uh, you know, even if it sounds a little crazy, go for it. What do you have to lose? We need some really unique collaborations. One of the things we did recently on New Year's Eve as a community is that I, uh, I, I'm a music and arts impresario, so I actually set up shows and events and things of that nature. I have a local band that has become incredibly popular right now. You can buy their albums all across the, uh, the world, Japan, Brazil, Russia. And one of the members of the band is actually from my community. I know their parents. I reached out to them. We put on a New Year's Eve show because we knew that we could tag and hashtag all of their events. They are doing a live show. It also uh, promoted the theater, which has been closed since this happened. Uh, it brought funds to the theater. It brought attention to our community. And, you know, here was a, a funny little band that just happened to have, you know, 600,000 streams on Spotify. And so we were able to tap into that audience. Uh, and we ended up getting a, a quite amount of return uh, for donations to the theater on top of that. So unique collaborations, you know, think about where you can reach out the most. Like this is, this gave me a wide audience, you know, how many times that I can tap in and, you know, we're not talking about 80,000 people that we see over four events in the summer. We're talking about, you know, a half a million people that we can reach out to that's, and that's reaching out to a young audience, which, you know, 
I need in my community when you're dealing with, you know, three music venues and 30 restaurants and, you know, uh, you know, we, we need people out there to, you know, to shake up things up and have a good time. So it was a great audience as well. So if I was to think of one thing is do it. Just go for the things that even sound a little outrageous. The worst thing that you can do is, is learn a lesson. And, uh, you know, and I, and I, you know, even in my personal life, uh, that, that's always something, it's a good motivator. And uh, it always serves me well. And if it serves you well, it serves your community well. Absolutely. All right. Awesome, guys. Make a note of that. Global, what would be the advice? My advice would be to research support and connect with your local chamber of commerce. It doesn't matter uh, which one of us is, go ahead. If they are proactive enough, if you see the interest, we are those people. We are the people that besides you as a business owner is totally and constantly thinking how we can pair your business into a very special and valuable uh, networking you know, experience and connection. So. Uh, that's my biggest advice. I think that a lot of one thing that for sure we learned this this last year, or business learned last year, is just that there's a lot more out there that that than what they thought. Uh, many people that approached to us yeah. didn't know about the SBA and all of their capabilities. Didn't know about Score New York. Didn't know about Compass Catholic. So um, I would I would that's that's my biggest advice. Research. Uh, who we are, research, connect, and we might be able to help. We are here for that. Fantastic. All right. And, and I'm just going to use this opportunity to say, guys, if you are listening to this, you are a small business, even you are a middle business, and you don't belong to a chamber of commerce, I'm encouraging you find one that's local to you and join them. You know, you know, just like the chamber is supporting small business, small business can also support the chamber, you know. So it kind of go hands in hand. And, and like James said, collaborations. You might be surprised that you go into a chamber and you find somebody that you can collaborate with, you know, that could totally change your business. So, so yeah, I think if you don't belong to one, this might be a good time to do so. Sarah? Um, my advice kind of dovetails off that. It's if you do join a chamber, find a mentor within that chamber because your business will explode once you do. Um, it's basically free advice. It doesn't even have to be within the same business type that you have. I have found so many mentors of people who have different business types and they've just given me advice about marketing and, you know, I mean, even life advice. I'm, we're really, I've built my friend circle beyond my wildest dreams. So um, build your support network, collaborate, um, get involved. Um, find somebody you know, like, and trust within the chamber, and you will find that your um, business will grow exponentially. Fantastic. Before we wind down, folks, uh, I, I want to plant a seed here because, again, I'm the chief happiness officer, so I'm also always going to focus on encouraging people to build whatever it is you're building. Build it on a foundation of happiness, okay? And, and, and I'm telling you, I know the society kind of have it backwards. You know, the society kind of say, well, you know what? Go after your business. When you build a really big and successful business, you will become happy. Well, guess what? It doesn't work like that, okay? I interview over a thousand people. If you don't bring happiness along with you, 
guess what? Once you get to where you're going, you can't just summon happiness. You can't just say, okay, happiness, I've reached my goal, come on down. It doesn't work like that, okay? So whatever you're building, build it on a foundation of happiness. So that's the last thing I'm going to ask my guest, you know, before we wind down, is just one thing you can share that you do that make you happy, okay? You know, just one thing you do that make you happy. So that's what we're going to kind of uh, wind this on. And, and, and I'm going to start with saying, guys, gratitude is big on my list, okay? I am thankful for everything. I'm the kind of guy when something totally go wrong, I say, yeah, <laughs> you know, there got to be something here that I can learn. There got to be the reason why this happened, okay? And, and, and I never play victim mentality. I just don't. I, I don't understand that, okay? But I just know life is a complete package, and you cannot pick and choose. And when something happens and you don't embrace it, you could miss the opportunity to learn from it. So I am just grateful. You know, I think I might be one of the few people that's very thankful about COVID, you know, and, uh, you know, but I truly, I am, because if it wasn't for COVID, I won't be talking to Sarah. I won't be talking to James. I won't be talking to Clubber right now, okay? And I feel like we spent some good time together. And for that, I am thankful. So my thing is gratitude all the time. And Sarah, what would you say? Well, I'm going to steal yours. I keep a gratitude journal and I write down five things that I'm grateful for every day. That is fantastic. And James? Well, I'm going to say one, but it's going to be three, actually. And there's a trinity that I work with all the time that I really appreciate. And that is meditation, prayer, and exercise. When I put those three things together, I have a very powerful, happy, successful life. And uh, gratitude is always part of the equation. Fantastic. Uh, and uh, what I look at, you know, there's a one Fantastic. saying that I always appreciate about gratitude is be thankful for a little and you will have a lot. Absolutely. In my All case, right. one, number one is really hard to top yours. So definitely I'm stealing yours too. But uh, to add to that, I would say break breaking out of the comfort zone. Uh, which I'm glad that James mentioned, uh, you know, about the, the physical workout and things like that, because for months, people were not knowing what to do with their lives. And, and they were missing a lot of those opportunities, you know, to stay physically active. Like um, at 38, I'm, I'm thinking about going back to uh, martial arts, you know, <laughs> I don't know why, but <laughs> it, I think it's a, it's a good investment of, of the time um, and definitely music. Uh, I'm glad that also James is in the in that industry. I'm working right now on a on a new production uh, myself. So yeah, breaking out of the comfort zone and always stay very passionate about what you do, whether it's business, whether it's your family and, and everything. Be very passionate about it. Fantastic. Well, folks, if you are listening to this, we're going to put information about each of these individual and the organization that they represent. We're going to put it in the description box of this uh, uh, description box of this podcast. And I want to encourage you to reach out to them if there's something you know that they said, something they kind of touch on, and you feel like, wow, if I have a better understanding of that, that could help. I'm sure if you shoot them an email or something, they are generous with their time and they will be able to help. So we're going to put the information for you to be able to reach each and every one of these people and again, support them. You know, if you are in the neck of the wood, 60, is it James, is it 60 miles from Manhattan? Sure. I'm uh, between uh, Manhattan and the Hamptons on the, uh, in Suffolk County on the South Shore in New York. Cool. 
So guys, if you are in that neck of the wood, definitely go and support the chamber. And Sarah, you are in in uh, in yep, Illinois, in Yorkville. Okay, fantastic. And then uh, Goldbar, you are in Vegas, right? All right, look these guys up, man. Go visit with them and share some idea with them. I have a, a saying that goes like this. Do not allow the past nor the future to rob you of the present. Folks, this is it. This is the moment. This is where we shine, okay? Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so very much for joining me today. And I'm totally grateful and appreciation for your time. And I hope that we've helped one or two people. I'll look at 2021 as the year to do something unique. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. God bless. God bless.